0: Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that? No sensei. Get him a body bag, Johnny! Yeah! Uh I'm your host with the most Mike MacMasunas, how's everybody doing this week? I'm doing great so this week is going to be a special episode and the reason why it's a special episode is I am going to be reviewing Fright Night for you now I am going to get commando out for you as I promised last week that's going to be later on this week but the reason why I wanted to talk some Fright Night is number one I actually saw it in the theater now this is a big thing for me because see my wife and me we don't go to the movies separately we always go together it's kind of our way of having fun when we go see a movie though we usually go see an action flick that's uh... one of our biggest fun things of movies in the theater we want to see action comic book movies that kind of thing now horror movies horror movies are actually one of our favorite genres however we only want to ever watch them at home you know because my wife she gets scared easily wanna hide under a blanket you know that kind of that kind of thing so the reason why she wanted to see fright night is is Uh, I really enjoy the original. The original is actually still my favorite vampire movie. And when she saw the trailer and she knew it was coming out the day after her anniversary. See our anniversary was a Thursday and all the movies at the theater was nothing too spectacular that we wanted to spend the money for. And it was her idea to go watch Fright Night and I kind of thought, I was like, are you crazy? You actually want to see a horror movie in the theater? But she really liked the original and uh, the preview looked good to her and she thought why not. So we actually went and saw it on a Saturday and the cool thing is when I saw the movie there was nobody in the theater. Now that's obviously not a good thing in regards to box office numbers but when you think that you can have a whole theater to yourself that's so cool. So of course she wanted to go all the way to the very back just in case she got scared no one would see her and that was that was super cool because this guy walks in and what does he do he goes all the way to the top in the exact same level you know all the way to the back at the far end I'm like out of all the seats in this theater this is the spot you're gonna pick seriously and then the next couple come in and they sit like right in front of us it's like seriously people can't you sit somewhere else so what are you gonna do but I thought seeing the movie in a theater that I would want to review it for you guys because I know there's some of my friends that were saying well I really wanna see it but I'm not sure and I figured you know what Uh, I I saw good reviews on it me, I hate remakes. I can't stand remakes. You know, usually remakes, you guys hear from me, I always give bad scores on. Um, You guys all know how I feel about Halloween. Friday the 13th was actually a very good remake. I didn't have any problems with that. But in general, 99% of the time, most of the remakes I see absolutely suck. So, Fright Night, though, I figured I was going to have hope on because it looked like it was going to be paying homage to the original but looked like it was going to do its own thing so I will get into that in a little bit but before I do let's get into some movie and music news I looked you in the eye and hesitated when I asked if you were alright. Seems like you're fighting for your life, but why? Oh, why? Why? Wide awake in the middle of your nightmare. You saw it coming, but it hit you out of nowhere. Alright guys, now for this section of movie and music news, I'm just going to talk a few things because of my Commando episode coming out later this week. I want to save some news for that episode. So some things that I saw this week that I wanted to talk about, if you know Star Wars is soon coming to Blu-Ray. Now George Lucas evidently he's not confirming what, but he has apparently added a few new surprises into the films. And, of course, he's not going to get into that. We have to watch it. I know a lot of people do not like the fact that he touched up the first three films, adding CGI. Um, there's a bunch of different things that were, that were added differently. Uh, the thing that bothered me the most was in Return of the Jedi, the ending. I really like the music that was originally at the end of Return of the Jedi versus the the score music they used. That's when Luke's returning to everybody and saying hi and hugging everybody. I know a lot of people have problems with the new Anakin replacing the old Anakin. But evidently George Lucas is not talking about what updates he is making to the Star Wars Blu-rays, but it's going to be things that... We will notice evidently so and episode one is going to have an all digital Yoda attached to it I guess evidently they use a puppet for Yoda on episode one I actually thought he was completely digital but I guess that's not the case so evidently he is going to make Yoda 100% digital just like he did in episode three so hopefully that will be entertaining uh, for you guys that like scary movie films, I don't, but if you wanted to know if they were coming out with another one, they are. Scary Movie 5 is coming back, Anthony Anderson is going to be in it, so all you people that dig those movies, you should be a happy camper. Now, Final Destination 5 uh, you know, was returning back to the roots. I was pretty excited, I really wanted to see it. And the box office is just bombing, so I don't think we're gonna be getting a Final Destination 6. And evidently they had the story set up for that, but I guess time will tell. Same thing with Fright Night. I'm kind of, kind of bummed. The box office is it as great as it should be for that movie? What are you gonna do? You know, nothing you can really complain about. Um, Titanic. It's coming in 3D, just in case you didn't know. That's going to be coming out uh, pretty soon. So I'm not sure if anybody is interested in seeing Titanic again, let alone in 3D. I'm not really sure how you can add 3D and make it that much better, but I guess we shall see. And in music news, the only funny story I read is how Alice Cooper, he is taking Kesha on his tour with them and he said that this girl is not a pop diva and you know Kesha if you don't know her she's kind of like a, a wannabe Madonna and uh, Lady Gaga I actually like her way better than Lady Gaga you know Lady Gaga is just all about the you know the costumes and trying to be shocking but Kesha uh, I have to admit her lyrics are pretty crazy It's you know it reminds me of kind of an M&M when I listen to her I'm just like wow I can't believe she just said that But I actually dig some of her songs, and it'll be interesting to see her kind of music along with Alice Cooper. And I really dig Alice Cooper. The guy is a real smart guy, kind of like Marilyn Manson. You know, Marilyn Manson may be a scary musical artist, but if you actually sit down and watch interviews with him, he's a very intelligent guy. And uh, I, I don't like his music, but I like the actual guy, if that makes any sense. So that's what I got this week in movie and music news, and let's get into. Here's what I'm gonna do in regards to *Fright Night*. I'm going to talk a little bit of the original, um, the basic outline, the premise of the film, what's good, what sucks, that kind of thing. And then I am going to get into the new Friday Night. Now, the first part of the review is going to be non-spoilers. So just give you a basic premise, what you need to know based on what you see in the trailers, why you should go see it, why you shouldn't go see it, you know, that kind of thing. And then I'm going to play the Spotlight Song for you after the Spotlight Song. If you want to listen to some spoilers, then you can check that on out. So, it's not going to be a very long episode, uh, but let's go ahead and get into the very first review, which is the original Fright Night. What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying? Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy, I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. Of being scared this could be the night of your life all right guys now let's get into the original fright night now the original fright Night is a movie that was released back on August 2nd 1985 and the movie stars William Ragsdale which another movie you may know him from would be Mannequin 2 if you've ever seen that movie it also stars Chris Sarandon which Chris Sarandon I know the best from the first child's play movie and actually the director Tom Holland he actually went on to direct the first child's play Uh, Roddy McDowell and Amanda Bierce now Amanda Bierce you're probably gonna know her from Mary with Children she was the next-door neighbor and uh, pretty fun movie now the front cover really really cool. You got a house and then on top of that is like this big old cloud with a picture of a vampire. And the cool thing is it's not the actual main actor's face. It's actually Amanda Beer's face when she becomes a vampire later in the movie. Now, here's the basic premise of this film. Charlie Brewster, who's played by Williams Rag- uh, William Ragsdale. He is a huge fan of horror films until he discovers that his new next-door neighbor Jerry Danridge, which is played by Chris Rannin, is vampire, and upon discovering this new fact, Charlie turns for help, which includes his um, inattentive mother. Now, Charlie is actually going to get help from a guy named Peter Vincent, and Peter Vincent's played by Roddy McDowell. Now, Peter is a vampire hunting hero on TV, but he's not actually a real vampire hunter, and Charlie's girlfriend, Amy Peterson, which is played by Amanda Beers. She is going to hire Peter to prove that Charlie, that he's not a vampire. And the reason why Peter will actually go along with this is because he's desperate for money. He's being evicted and he thinks it's just, you know, it's a real stupid job just to prove that someone's not a vampire. And the way he's going to show Charlie that he's not a vampire is to have Jerry drink some holy water. Now, the cool thing that Jerry does it's real subtle. He takes the holy water. It's like in a little in a little bottle. He puts it next to a fire. And then he drinks it. And somehow the fire actually, I guess, decontaminates the holy water. And, of course, Charlie's like, he's a vampire. I don't know how he did that. But, you know, Jerry's like, can we just all agree I'm not a vampire? How ridiculous this is. And, of course, at that moment in time... Peter thinks everything's good, but he pulls out his little pocket mirror, realizes he doesn't have a reflection, drops it, and now Charlie knows that he knows he's a vampire, and so does Jerry. And with this uh, information, um, Charlie begins his hunting. Uh, Not Charlie, but uh, Jerry begins his hunting on Charlie's friend. Uh, Charlie's friend is Edward Thompson. In the movie, they call him Evil Ed, which he hates that. He's played by Stephen Jeffries, which he does a really good job. And he's basically turned into a vampire, and he unsuccessfully tries to attack Peter. I don't know what happens, but it's he almost turns into like a werewolf, but not really. Uh after he tries to break in, he gets a cross on his head. He you know, he's like, I can't believe you did that. He turned into a wolf, and then he basically gets killed uh by Peter. And Jerry will then later on, he's going to take Charlie's girlfriend Amy. He basically hypnotizes her at this dance club. Now earlier in the film you could tell that you know Amy's a virgin but by the time we're done with this dance club scene and he's got away with her she looks like definitely a sexed up version of herself and what happens where things start to turn around is when Charlie goes to Peter for the second time and at this point Peter has been attacked by evil Ed and realizes the only way he's going to be safe is to help Charlie take out Jerry now what they do is is they figure that they gotta break into jerry's house and when they break into jerry's house the two of them are able to repair to repel jerry's attacks by using a cross now only charlie can get it to work because peter at this point has burned out faith and it's a pretty good ending sequence uh... amy actually gets turned into a vampire they know that they gotta get uh... you know jerry killed by midnight And if they do that, Amy will be able to turn back. Um, The only thing I really didn't like is the fact that Jerry actually turns into a bat, which is pretty cool. Uh, But at one point when the bat is actually attacking towards the end of the film, you can actually see it on strings. But you're so invested in this film that it's really not going to bother you. It's more of a nitpick than anything. But that kind of always bugged me. I'm like, ah, uh, you can totally see the strings there. But hey, you know, like I said, we didn't have CGI back then. They used puppets. They used real makeup. Everything looked really good. I mean, the the claws look good. The teeth look good. The eyes look good. The face. Everything looks really, really good, especially for the time frame that this movie was made in. So all in all, uh, you get the typical, you know, the guy saved the day, Amy's turned back to normal, Vincent goes back to TV, but he's not working with vampires no more, he's going to be talking some alien slasher movies, and you get the typical horror ending where it doesn't necessarily end good because you see two Red eyes in the darkness followed by an evil laugh and that's how the movie ends. So all in all, Fright Night is definitely still my favorite vampire movie. Uh, I know most people would put Lost Boys up there, but for me, I've always dug the characters. I really enjoy Chris Sarandon as Jerry. You know, he plays the cool comic collective nine times out of ten, but when he gets nasty, he gets real nasty, especially with his legs and stuff, although when he talks, you could tell he it's almost like the makeup is too big for his mouth, so he you know it's real he's kind of hard to understand. they didn't really um go over his uh his voice too well, but all in all um it's definitely a strong three and a half uh for me on this film um you know, I would say it definitely still holds up well at this point in time, but let's get into the review of the new Fright Night. Hey, mom. Hey, just checking in. What you up to? Uh. Adam Johnson. Adam. You know Adam's missing, right? Right, kids aren't coming to school. It happens all the time. I don't know if you're paying attention to roll call, but he's not the only one that's gone. You're nuts. This is my son, Charlie, and his girlfriend. Hi. So Jerry is our new neighbor. Hey. Hey. Now listen to me. We've up all the disappearances. That's you right there in the center next to his house. I really hate to be the one to tell you this, but that guy, your neighbor? Jerry. Yeah, he's a vampire. <laughs> that is a terrible vampire name. Jerry. <gasps> I've been watching you, your mom, there's a kind of uh, neglect, gives off a scent. And your girl, she's ripe. It's on you to look out for them, because there are a lot of bad people out there, Charlie. What's that? I'm gonna end him, or he's gonna end me. That's how it's gonna be. Charlie, he's gonna find me. I'm counting on it. You smell that? It's your fear. Just hit him, hit him! Did I kill him? Hopefully. okay guys now for my review of the new fright Night, it's gonna be kinda hard for me to talk about this and the reason why this is one of the first times where i have seen a remake where it's almost like it's a completely different film and they take some really good parts of the original but for the most part this is like a brand new movie and i really really enjoyed that fact i would say almost nine nine out of ten things that they did worked and they worked better and i can actually say that i enjoyed this remake over the original and i've never been able to say that before i mean i really dug the friday the 13th remake but you know it was definitely its own thing and i can't say well it was better than this number and this number because they specifically took different versions of the series and put it all into one film. But Nightmare on Elm Street was a remake of the original. Halloween was a remake of the original. You know you you get what I'm saying how this particular remake the source material is one movie. It's Fright Night. So uh, I guess the best way to explain it is is all the real good stuff is definitely going to be in the spoiler section. But I'm just going to kind of review this film and I hope that I don't give too much away and spoil it for you. But I would say I haven't seen a movie in 3D yet. But this is the one movie where I walked out of the theater and I said to myself, man, I wish I would have saw it in 3D. Now, I recently listened to some of uh, another podcast that I like to listen to. Um, it's called Now Playing Podcast. And, um, you know, they're really good, fun podcasts. I really dig them a lot and they actually saw it in 3D and they said that there were certain parts that were real uh, grainy and they wish they would have saw the 2D version so based on what I saw in the 2D version is obviously what I'm going to talk about now right from the beginning with the credits I really dug the credits Um, they show you this actually before the credits they show you um, this scene it's kind of like it looks almost like wide open country with a little with a little tiny suburb and it's basically houses that uh, it takes place in Las Vegas and it uh, it's a bunch of houses that most of them are not filled they're either being built or they're half built or there's people that are living there but they, uh, they work all you know they sleep all day work all night you know that kinda of thing so I really like the opening shot, the wide-open angle shot of this small suburb, if you will. And the movie, unlike the original, the original starts off where you see Peter Vincent on TV and Charlie and Amy are kissing and they kind of fool you and instantly you are thrown into a scene of a guy running, you know, looks like he's running away from something and uh the opening scene is very good i'm not going to give too much away here but just keep in mind that um it's not it's definitely not charlie but it's a particular friend of charlie's that you're actually witnessing and it's uh it, right off the bat um you got jerry killing some folks and uh, the opening sequence is very good. Uh, I, highly, I, I really think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, after that opening sequence ends, we get really cool credits. Now I would assume in 3D it really busts out at you and you, it's almost like you can touch it. And it's kind of like um, like if a kid were to write Fright Night. Almost you know like a, um, like a 5 year old was to write it. That's kind of how it looks. But it still looks really really cool and uh basically from that point on um when you actually get introduced to charlie um and charlie is played by um anton yelchin and evidently elton yelchin you are more than likely going to know him from the new star trek film he was also in terminator salvation he recently showed up in um the smurfs and uh he plays charlie now um one thing that they do differently in the very beginning is they kind of set up Charlie, kind of he's kind of douchey I would say, and the reason why is um, Amy is actually um, she's kind of like the, I wouldn't say she's the queen of the high school, but she's definitely the girl where your your guy friends are like, man, she's so sexy, how did you possibly get a girl like that? that's the kind of girl she plays she's definitely not playing the virgin you could tell and uh... it's kind of a funny exchange when you first see him Um he talks to the neighbor girl who's actually a stripper and uh... you actually get introduced to his mom his mom plays a big role in this movie and like the first movie she was only in it twice she's played by Tony Colletti uh, Tony Colletti you're probably gonna know her from the sixth sense uh... she was very fun in this film Um, and I'll talk more about her more in the spoiler section but when you first see Charlie you kinda get the feeling you know she's asking well how's everything going Amy and he's like she hasn't dumped me yet so you can kinda see his reservations on how he's trying to act because he knows he's a nerd but he doesn't really know how he has Amy so he kinda has these two friends that are more douchey than he's currently acting uh, because his really his best friend which you guys uh, from the previous original movie would be Ed. He doesn't actually go by evil in this one. It's kind of different. Ed is the one that realizes that Charlie's next door neighbor Jerry, which is played by Callum Farrell, is a vampire. And he knows that because of the fact in the opening scene his friend is missing after they do um, you know, they do attendance in school. He's able to piece things together and he kind of gives Charlie the the basic new outline of vampire movies. And real fun, great dialogue. And uh, Evil is actually played by Christopher Mintz-Plaz. And I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. You're gonna know him as McLovin from the Super Bad films, and uh, I really enjoyed him in role models um Now, he does a really good job of you know setting up the rules and trying to convince Charlie that you know Jerry's a vampire and kind of where things start to turn um again, I'm gonna have to talk more about this in the spoiler section. But the thing they do different with Charlie that is much different, and I'm going to say right off the bat, this Charlie is way better than a Charlie before, is his character goes pretty far in this film. You know, in the beginning, he's kind of the um, the nerd who originally had pimples, so that's kind of one way he got Amy. And based on his friends, uh, it's kind of what helped him kind of keeper and uh he eventually will um start to believe what ed has to say and his character starts to develop and he becomes more stronger and he starts to believe in himself more and he definitely is the shining light of this film so he does an excellent job as charlie and let's talk about colin farrell now colin farrell um I never liked him I always thought you know he was a complete douchebag but I was excited to hear he was gonna be in this movie because of the fact of he's because of the way he is I thought he could pull off a vampire very well now I would say uh, I really enjoyed his performance Uh, there were sometimes I saw some cheese factor and it's more the way he's looking around and and that kind of thing but He does a real good job of keeping his Jerry smart. You know, he definitely toys uh, with his victim, which is one thing that this vampire does differently. Um, One of the cool things is he, you know, he's basically a contract. He pretends to be a contractor and he has a house that is halfway built and behind his closet he actually has rooms where he takes his victims, and he doesn't kill them. he just feeds off of them. And he does a really good job of uh, playing his senses to where you're wondering, does he really know if such and such person is in the house, or you know, does he really know, um, as an example, would be um uh, there's one point in the film which I'm not going to give too much away here but when Charlie starts he basically knows for a fact that Jerry is a vampire and he sees his next-door one of his neighbors go inside the house and he knows that he's gotta to try to rescue her because he actually hears a scream he has the cops come over and all the cops do is laugh and joke and they go away so he knows he's gotta do something about it and that's how when he sees Jerry take off in his truck he knows he can break in the house and try to find her that's when he finds a secret apartment which is behind his closet and when he finds the girl that's when Jerry comes home and he actually hides in a room And Jerry takes her out and starts to feed on her. Now, in the theater, I was like, man, you got to do something. You got to somehow make your presence known, you know, no matter the cost. You got to try to help her. But it's a real moving scene where the girl actually is telling, you know, puts her finger to her mouth, says, shh. And, you know, with the music playing, it makes it that much more of an impactful scene. So... Later on, he tries to help her escape and they toy with the fact of does Jerry know that they're in the house because of the way he's looking around with his eyes and he's sniffing. So I'm not going to tell you how that scene plays out, but that's one of the things that they definitely do different is they definitely change up the story dramatically. Jerry is uh, more... Cunning with his eyes, uh, by trying to figure out if people know who he is, Um, they really play with the rules of the vampire in regards to don't let don't invite him in. Um, My favorite scene in the whole entire film is before Jerry, um, before Charlie knows for a fact that Jerry is a vampire, Jerry comes over and asks for some beers. And, of course, Charlie knows not to invite him in the house. And you get this real cool scene of how he's going to figure out if he can come in the house. And, I'm not, again, I'm not going to spoil it for you. But it's stuff like that that they change from the original that makes it so much better. I really, that's my favorite scene of the whole film. Is that scene now? And that's also the same scene where um, Colin Farrell, I almost thought, was cheesy with the way he was looking around and the things that he was saying to Charlie. But I also know that guys, when they talk to other guys, they like to put them down. You know it's like a it's a battle, it's like a war, especially when there's a girl involved. You know you kind of want to pretend a joke, but you want to put them down and and that kind of thing. It's kind of a mind game, which is definitely what Jerry is doing with Charlie during this scene um but let's talk about how this movie is very different from the original. number one, um as I said, the mom is definitely in this movie a lot, um right off the bat, she likes Jerry. But uh, when things get to go down um, and she's actually with Charlie trying to get away from Jerry in the film. Which obviously didn't happen in the original. So again I won't tell you how that scene plays out because you definitely got to see this movie for yourself. Uh, There's so many good scenes that I I don't want to review because of the fact of it would definitely spoil what's going to happen. And you you want to find out this exa- you I would say watch the original, and then watch this, and know what you you know definitely remember the original, so that way when you watch the new one you could be like wow that is so different or I wasn't expecting the story to turn like that. Um, the dance club scene is still in this movie just like it was in the original where uh, Jerry's trying to seduce Amy. But that's done differently as well. Um, when vampires are killed, which yes, there's more than one vampire in this movie, they, the writer of this film is the writer of uh, the last season of Buffy. And if you know in Buffy, when vampires were killed, they turned into dust. Well, in this movie, when you see that when they are killed and there's dust, you could tell in 3D that the dust would be all around the room and go all around you. So I definitely wish I would have saw that in 3D. I think that would have been completely awesome. Um, Let's see. Ed is definitely different. He's not annoying. You know, he's... uh, I would definitely say he's McLovin' for sure because he's got... Really good lines, um, and the guy is definitely into. He's not into witchcraft. He, he likes mag, you know, the magic game, and that kind of thing. He's just a very knowledgeable person. They're very self-aware of themselves in this film, in regards to you know Twilight and that kind of thing. They reference that a lot, so it's really really good stuff. Um, the ending of the film is definitely different than how it was originally in the film. I thought the ending was excellent. Um, the one person that um, I thought got the shaft was Peter Vincent. Now I didn't like Peter Vincent too much in the original but the guy that plays Peter Vincent is David Tennant and he does a, a really good job. If Whether you like Russell, Br- uh, Russell Brand or not which he is married to Katy Perry. Uh, you'll probably know him from um, various comedies. Russell Brand but um, in the beginning, they've changed up uh, Vincent to be a magician, which makes sense because there's no teenager that sits and watches old school, you know, Elvira type horror movies at night. So they definitely changed it up and he kind of makes it he looks almost like he's making fun of Chris Angel and the. There's one scene where he's actually taking the makeup off and peeling things off while he's talking to Charlie, which I thought was really, really cool. Now, his character is a drunk, unlike the Peter Vincent from the original film. Uh, His character uh, is used... Um, not as much as I would like it to be. I really like the guy that's playing him. I thought that he came in kind of too late in the film uh, when he's used again, which obviously is towards the end of the film. Uh, I thought they could have used him a little bit better. But overall, I thought the pacing was really good. I mean, it was like the first half hour. It's like almost 90% of the first of the original movie is covered. And I know the movie's two hours. So I'm like, how are they going to continue the rest of this? Well, that's where you get the different story and the change up and the tone and all that kind of stuff. So overall, vampire movie wise, this is an excellent vampire movie. If you like vampire movies, you will definitely enjoy this film. I think it sucks that this movie is not getting... Um, not that it's not getting good reviews. In fact, it's getting really good reviews. The critics actually like it. It's got an 88% positive rating on Rotten Tomato. Actually, I apologize. It's got a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, it's 88% positive with the critics. Um, but it's just the fact of I think people, you know, Twilight is all that people care about anymore. So the fact that they have a, a vampire movie, coming out. I don't know if people just don't dig it or what but um, I thought the, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I really like uh, I like Charlie a lot. I really like Amy a lot. Um, I thought Colin Farrell did a really good job with Jerry. Uh, again he does have some cheese factor but for the most part uh, he does play it very good. I really like his style of playing with his victim. He does that really really good. So, overall, um, I would definitely give this movie four stars. No doubt about it. Um, I thought that, again, um, the story was... I really enjoyed the story. I like all the changes that they made to the film. Um, I really like uh, Jerry's house. Jerry's house is really, really cool. You know, in the original, it was kind of almost like a haunted house type of uh, setting versus this one. Um, For example, with the fact of it, uh, you know being no one lives there it's kind of like a vampire doesn't need to be invited in he can just kind of walk in the house kind of thing i really like that aspect i thought that was really cool um peter vincent uh, he's very very rich so he has a lot of very cool artifacts and weapons uh which you'll see uh in the trailer um you know where um amy throws you know um holy water in his face that kind of thing um, I really dug um, Charlie or Christopher Mintz uh, playing Ed. I thought he did a good job. Unfortunately, he wasn't in the film as much as I would like him to have been. But when he was on screen, I did, I did enjoy everything he had to do. Um, I dug the mom. I thought it was excellent that she got screen time. And there's also um, a really cool um, scene in the middle of the film, uh, which takes place on a highway. Uh, not gonna spoil it, but uh, just be on the lookout on that scene. Uh, definitely, definitely great fun scene. So again, four stars. Uh, that's hopefully the best non-spoiler review I can give for this film. Um, please go out watch the film. I, I, I don't think there would be a sequel to the film, but I definitely don't want the movie to bomb either. So if you have any intentions on going to see the movie, I. I really think you'll enjoy it. And the funny thing is, I really didn't uh, consider this movie an R-rated film. I mean, uh, number one, there's no nudity in the film, which normally in a horror movie, you got to have nudity. Um, and... Uh, The swearing was really toned down. I don't think I really heard too much of it. So it was like almost halfway through the film, you're kind of like, is this an R-rated film? So they did a really, really good job uh, with with this movie. So that's it, guys. Let me play the Spotlight song for you. And I picked an appropriate song, Freaks Come Out At Night, because that's what vampires are. They're freaks and they come out at night. So uh, this is an old school classic jam, so stick around after the song if you want to hear the spoilers. But before I go ahead and play a Spotlight song, I just want to throw a couple things out. Um, From the contest I had going on last week to get 20 likes on Facebook, um, I did get one additional like. So I'm at uh, currently 17 on Facebook. Um, So hopefully all you listeners out there, if you have not liked the Facebook page please do so and when I hit 20 I can actually change the address Uh, I did say I have a DVD contest going on for that so check the last episode of Bloodsport to get details on that contest but I did get a new iTunes review and um The title of the iTunes review, it says 80s Fun. And this is from Vicious610 or Vicious610, however you want to call it. And it says, If you love the 80s, you'll love this podcast. He also put some new ones in there too. I don't know him, but he looks to be fun and a nice guy. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you so much for that iTunes review, I'll tell you. Um, iTunes reviews are important because um, iTunes, when you put in a search for something, it looks on shows based on the number of reviews you have, which is why when you listen to a podcast, you're always like, leave me an iTunes review, please, you know, and uh, iTunes reviews are very important. So I thank every single person that's posted an iTunes review. Thank you for, you know, the, the high stars and, and the really nice things that you've had to say. I really really appreciate that. It means so much to me so thank you so much for um, for leaving me that um, review there. I really, really appreciate it. Um, if you don't know, uh, the website um or the email address is sweepdelaypodcastyahoo.com. I'd love to hear from you guys. Tell me your thoughts on movies you want to hear, or movies I've talked about. What are your thoughts? That kind of thing. Um, I'm also on Twitter at STL Podcast. Um, so that is some good times. Um, of course, you guys know my good buddies uh, and friends. My other, I you I say, I like to call them my sponsors. We got good old Flicks, um, as Jason was on. From, he was on Buried Um, He's got lots of podcasts, and I know most of you listeners already come from that listening audience, but for my other friends who haven't, check that out. Go check out Flicks, Film and Focus, Show Me the Winston, uh, The Shadowy Flight If You Like Knight Rider. If you like the TV show Supernatural, go check out Crossroads uh, with my friend Stars. She's an excellent host, and Jason is also a co-host on that show, so go check out that show. It is excellent, and then also... Um, I put on the Facebook page, um, if you like horror movies, there's this new podcast that I recently listened to, and how I got into this is, I was checking the stats on iTunes of uh, my various episodes to see you know, how high I was up on the chain, and I came across this website, it's called Digging Up the 80s, because they happened to review like, two of the movies I did, I think I was looking for Monster Squad, Masters of the Universe, and... Um, now, these guys, they swear a lot. I mean, like, they do the F-bomb, like, almost all the time. Um, I don't have a problem listening to that, but I know a lot of other people do. So, you know, but the thing is, is that they were so funny. They're actually twin brothers. And the movies that they were talking about, you know, I totally dug. And uh, they were mentioning how they have their own uh, websites called KillerReviews.com. It's a horror podcast. You know me. I like horror movies. So I went there. I checked it out. And uh, I checked the various episodes, and I thought that they were really, really funny, and uh, I really enjoyed what they had to say, and this one guy named Brain Chomper, he's absolutely hilarious, and uh, I agree with almost anything he says in regards to remakes, and and that kind of thing, it was absolutely funny, so I put a link on the Facebook page, and also their website, so if you do like horror movies, um, you know, go check out that podcast, now like I said, keep in mind they do swear a lot, and they definitely joke about stuff I never would joke about, but uh it's all in good fun. And if you can handle that I I highly recommend that show. But uh another podcast, um I listened to recently um Batman on Film I've listened to that for quite a long time I put a link on the Facebook page as well um obviously it's where I get all my Batman news and they have connections with the studio and and that kind of thing and it's a really excellent uh podcast Batman on Film uh and now playing podcasts um I found them because I was looking up um horror podcasts and that's how I found Halloween and Karate Kid and then I've been listening to them for about two years and they're definitely humongous on iTunes I mean they're like any show I've ever done they're always number one um I've always I've always listened, dug those guys, and I, you know Tim, my old co-host. Uh, I got him in the Now Playing podcast. So uh, they they talk various movies. You know, they basically do retrospective series, uh, especially in regards to if a new movie's coming out, they'll do the old school movies like Fright Night. They just did. You know, they do Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, you know, all the Marvel movies they're working on now. So um, that's a really good podcast. They they do swear as well, uh, but you know, not every podcast. Can me clean you know so um, I, those are just some of the podcasts I've gotten into recently and I just wanted to share it with you guys just in case you were uh, looking for other you know other podcasts that uh, would just be a good time to listen to so um, again check out my buddies you know flicks uh, film and focus crossroads um show me the winston and then most of all Uh, My boy Ty, he is back. He is back with the Projection Booth and Doomcast. Now, the Projection Booth, uh, he did 10 episodes, and uh, he used to be the host of Crossroads. And uh, he took a two-year hiatus, and um, he is back. And he is currently recording tonight as we speak. So be on the lookout. You'll have to go to Crossroads to get his newest episodes. Uh, But uh, Ty is actually going to be on in October, We're going to be talking uh, The Crow. We're going to be talking uh, some zombie games, um, Halloween. Now, it may not be all in one episode. It could be uh, one particular episode that would be long, or it could be a couple different episodes. And then also Stars is going to be on as well. She's going to join us for The Crow. So for sure, it's going to be Ty and Stars and me. For the crow hopefully Jason could join as well that would be awesome so go check out those guys and uh, here is the spotlight song and then stick around for the spoiler For one reason, to rock the house But in the daytime, the streets were clear You couldn't find a good freak anywhere Cause Dressed to go out at night, they like to wear leather jackets, chains and spikes. They wear rips and zippers all in their shirts, real tight pants and fresh mini skirts. All kinds of colors running through their hair, and you can just about spot a freak anywhere. But then again, you could know someone all their life They might not know them freak unless you see them at night, cause freaks the place is packed and when the crowd's like this i'm ready to rap but before i could buzz around on the mic freaks are all over me like white on rice freaks come in all shapes sizes and colors but what i like about the most is that the real good lovers they do it in the park they do it in the but most freaks are known for breaking hearts. You can never tell what a freak is thinking of. And you may never catch a freak without at least one glove. they don't walk. When they step, they strut. And nine times out of ten, they drive you nuts. So take my advice, you don't stand a chance. Freaks are so bad, they got their own dance. So if you want to live a nice, quiet life, do yourself a favor. Don't come out at night, cause... guys, now for the spoiler section, I'm not going to get too much into it. Uh, Again, I definitely want you guys to see the film for yourself. But in regards to the spoiler section, the uh, only couple things I wanted to say um, that uh, I really didn't like too much was the fact of, based on the preview, they show the scene where Amy and Charlie are making out and she takes off her shirt and his mom calls. Well, that scene doesn't happen until the very end of the film. Which is why I knew that she was gonna be okay because of the fact that that scene hadn't happened yet. So uh, it kind of bothered me, but you know what are you gonna do? Another thing was Peter Vincent. As I said earlier, he wasn't used too much in the film. He doesn't really show up till like the middle of the movie. You find out that Jerry is actually the one that killed his parents, which is kind of what made him so crazy and be why he became an alcoholic. But really, um, after his house is being attacked, he hides himself in a panic room. You don't really see him till the very end of the film. And that was kind of disappointing. I really enjoyed his character. I really wish he was in it more. That was one of the reasons why I didn't give the movie a higher rating. It was the fact that his character wasn't in as much really only until the ending of the film. So um, those are really the the two biggest things that I just did not like. And uh, the biggest thing though was being Peter Vincent. I really wish he was in it more. I really enjoyed his character. And uh, I kind of wish in the beginning of the film uh, it was his family that was being attacked versus, you know, Charlie's friend. But um, overall, guys, definitely go see the film. Uh, The ending itself is amazing. I love how they ended the film. Uh, Again, I'm not going to give that away even though this is a spoiler section. But, um, well, I guess I will because this is the spoiler section. So if you don't want to hear any more spoilers past what I told you, turn back now. But I really, really love the end when Charlie puts on the fire-resistant suit and he just lights him up, man. I thought that was I thought that was totally awesome. I really didn't know how Charlie was going to get out at the end of the film. When basically he's surrounded by all these vampires. And the only thing protecting him is a couple rays of sunlight. I really thought they were going to end the film. Based on the fact of how much they changed the film already. I really thought he was going to die. And the fact he set himself on fire just so he could go after Jerry at the end. Uh, I really dug the transformation scene at the end when he went full out uh... vampire and now the cameo i really enjoyed the cameo by uh... by chris i thought it was so amazing that he showed up now if you never seen the original that cameo definitely would have seemed out of left field like why would someone in the middle of nowhere crash into a car uh... it was the perfect timing to set up that cameo i really enjoyed it i mean the guys definitely aged a lot but they definitely paid homage and I love the fact in the credits it says JD uh, which is supposed to stand for you know, his character's name which is uh, you know, Jerry Danridge. So I thought that was really cool how they did that in the credits as well. Um, I dig the fact that uh, you know, Ed was right uh, versus finding out for himself uh you know in regards to he's the one that figured everything out versus in the other one uh he didn't find out that he was a vampire until you know he got bit um i didn't like the fact that his character went out so fast in the movie and then he's kind of forgotten about and then when he shows up i really dig his character um You know, the wire work was pretty bad when he was doing all the flips and stuff. Uh, I tried to play it off as, you know, he's just just a vampire who isn't too good at getting the the flips down. But I think maybe he was just uncomfortable during the wire work or whatever. But I just, I really didn't dig that too much. I, I was really liking the scene, but with the wire work, it was just, it was pretty depressing actually. The other thing that I didn't like was Tony Colletti, the mom, how um, it's almost, she went out, you know, after the um, after the highway scene, you know, she seemed perfectly fine after she stabs him uh, with the picket fence, and then all of a sudden she's in the hospital. I just thought that was kind of weird, and unfortunately you don't see her till the very, very end of the film. I really wish she could have been more in the film. I mean, she was in it, obviously, more than she was compared to the original mom. I just wish she could have played even more of a bigger role in this because I really obviously enjoy the act- actress but I just really liked her character and I thought she, they had a really good relationship together so that was kind of another reason why I knocked it down um, you know the half star and only made it four stars were were just those couple different things you know I wish the mom was in it more I wish Vince, Peter Vincent was in it more I wish Evil Eye was in it more uh, but at the same time yeah, I mean, it's two hours. Uh, I they think they could have fit a couple more scenes in. I really can't wait for the DVD just to see what the deleted scenes are. But overall, guys, that's my, that's my review of uh, the new Fright Night. So go check it out. I totally dig it and love it. So I will catch you guys next time when I talk some Commando. So this is Masunis out.